Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, and welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com, and I am joined today by Amy Oztan of Hello. SelfishMom.com. Hi, Amy. You said hi too soon. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Andrea Smith, who we, we're just going to settle. We always say tech, tech, tech guru. Tech guru. Tech guru. Oh, we're switched to guru. Okay. Tech diva. <laughs> um, who's actually in the studio despite the piles of snow this morning. We're going to tackle three different topics today. Our first topic is um, Internet Safety Day, and we are really fortunate to be joined by Larry Maggot, who's going to join us in the first segment, and we will get to all of that. Our second segment is Toy Fair, which um, is just ending today in New York. We're going to talk about all of the hot new toy trends for kids. And then the third topic is our Digital Dilemma, which is what do you do with a kid on a plane and how much screen time is too much time when you have to be in an airplane full of strangers. And then we'll have our Parenting Bites of the Week, the one bite that every parent should know. So let's jump right into topic one. Hi, Larry. We have Larry Magid on the phone with us. He's the co-director of ConnectSafely.org and a CBS News tech analyst. Hi there. And we're so glad to have you. I have to say, you guys, Larry and I have worked together next to each other for many, many, many years while I was at uh, ABC and he was at CBS. So really great to be able to use your expertise on uh, on a show that I'm on now. It's yeah, exciting. nice to be on the same team for a change. <laughs> I've always admired uh, you, Andrea, and uh, now, now I get to admire you from up close as well as from, from across awesome. the aisle. Speak. So great to have you. So can you tell us a little bit about Safer Internet Day? I mean, you were there, uh, Sheryl Sandberg was there. What is this? Sure. Safer Internet Day actually was started in Europe, I think it was 11 or 12 years ago, by the European Commission as a way to, one, recognize the fact that we can make the Internet safer, and I emphasize the er. You can't make it 100% safe any more than you can make a car or fire or a kitchen knife 100% safe. And at the time, they were really focused on the typical things that people cared about back in, oh, I don't know, 2004. They were worried about predators. They were worried about pornography. I suppose they were already starting to worry about cyberbullying, and of course we always worry about all of those things. Uh, but it's evolved over the years, and actually this year's theme, and last year's as well, was called Building a Better Internet. So we're really focused on, on the positive things. So a year ago, the organization that I work with, ConnectSafely.org, was asked by uh, InSafe, which is a, uh, an NGO, a nonprofit in Europe that's affiliated with the European Commission, uh, to be the U.S. host, and we had an event in Washington, D.C., we are honored to have Senator Chuck Schumer as one of our speakers and a great panel of kids and a panel of industry experts. And this year we had our event in, in Silicon Valley at Facebook headquarters. And our two main speakers were Sheryl Sandberg, who, as you know, is the chief operating officer of Facebook, as well as Kamala Harris, who is the attorney general of California, a very charismatic uh, person here in California. It happens by coincidence that she's running for U.S. Senate, but we didn't know that when we invited her. And indeed, even when she confirmed she hadn't announced that she was going to uh, seek Barbara Boxer's seat, who, who decided oh, to retire. Wow. So um, we had a great event. We, it was packed with, with people, 200 kids, uh, probably 100 or so adults, uh, every television uh, outlet from the Bay Area, all the local newspapers, national press. So we did very well, and uh, it was a great event. And we, we had two, well, actually three really good panels that are worth noting. One was called Beyond Bullying, uh, dealing with trolling and harassment. And the reason we picked that topic is because it's not just about kids' internet safety anymore. If you look at a recent Pew survey, 
you'll see that 30% of adults, probably a lot of your listeners, say that they've been harassed online, especially young women. Young women are particularly vulnerable. And so we wanted to acknowledge that it wasn't just a kid thing, that sometimes adults can be mean to each other. Uh, we also had another panel that I personally really loved called Using Technology to Affect Social Change. And it was a bunch of activists that debated issues like slacktivism and clicktivism versus boots-on-the-ground activism to really understand how technology can, in fact, be used to help uh, develop social change movements, but at the end of the day, it can't be relied on exclusively. If you want social change, at some point, you've got to go out there and, and do something in the real world. And then we also had a wrap-up panel with uh, Instagram, uh, Google, and uh, Twitter talking about some of the issues that we talked about earlier in the day and, and how industry was responding. God, all so interesting. My my first question, though, is how did this wind up happening at Facebook? What was... Well, you know, we decided to have it in Silicon Valley this year, last year Washington, next year maybe New York, we're thinking, but who knows. And we thought a lot about venues. At once, uh, we looked at the Computer History Museum, which would have been a great venue, but it was taken. And then we decided, since we were inviting a lot of kids, what would be a more fun place to bring kids in Silicon Valley than Facebook? It's the home of Instagram, which all of them are using. If you've ever been to the Facebook campus, it looks like Main Street, USA, and Disneyland. I mean, it's an amazing <laughs> place. Um, everybody wants to work there for good reason because there's free food. There's, I, I don't know if they charge for dry cleaning or not, but it's like a nirvana. It's just a fun environment. And so we thought, okay, why not just have it there? And of course, they were gracious to allow us to use their facilities. Are so they it's doing kind of a fun place program? to have it. And our other, co pardon are, me. Are they doing any kind of program to kind of that complements what you guys were talking about? Well, sure. I mean, all of our, by the way, Facebook is one of our many organizations we work with. Our other sponsors include Google and Microsoft and LinkedIn and Ask FM, and I'm not going to name them all, Symantec, Trend Micro, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but um, they, um, they, they have a lot of programs they do. Look, Facebook has a business interest in wanting to create a safe, secure environment for their members, as do all social network uh, services. Uh, they, because they've got the resources and because they have a history, have put a lot of money and resources into it, and Cheryl herself uh, has been active in trying to create an environment that's not only safe for kids, but also for women and, and men, for that matter, as well, for uh, people, gay, for LGBT community. They, they've really worked hard at that, not to say they don't have challenges, not to say that there sometimes aren't conflicts between their business interests and their desires to maintain safety, but there's also a confluence as well. If they or, and others can't maintain a safe, secure environment, people are going to go elsewhere. We've already seen that. Remember MySpace? People had a perception, rightly or wrongly, that it wasn't a comfortable place. And as soon as Facebook came along, they left. So Facebook needs, for business reasons, to be participating in programs like this. What do you think the takeaways were for in that day? I mean, do you think people walked away with sort of tools they could use safety? Or do you think mm -hmm. it was more of just sort of policy discussion? Well, with both. First of all, you have 200 kids there. You don't want to get too heavy on the policy. Yeah. We got an email from one of the kids who really was moved by Kamala Harris's talk. She talked about revenge porn, and it's not a very pleasant subject. And if you know, that's when people post images usually taken by an intimate partner uh, to embarrass them, sometimes to extort them. Uh, and she talked about that. And I guess one of the kids had experienced something not directly related, but had some experience similar to that, and it really helped her. Uh, but in addition, I think uh, having the discussion about bullying, yeah, there were some very concrete tips uh, given out by how to deal with the fact if you're being harassed or bullied online, what to do, what not to do. And then the social change panel, I think, really, it was mostly policy, but it really set the stage that, yes, there really is a role for online activism 
and and there's a way in which you can combine online activism to offline activism. So at the end of the day, the feedback we got from the the, the people is that they did go away with a certain amount of um, uh, understanding. And by the way, you can watch the entire program at saferinternetday.us uh, or connectsafely.org. There's a stream. Uh, to the entire program if anybody wants to catch up. Oh, great. We'll link to that on our Facebook page so people can find Thanks. that. Um, so what do you, so now that you've been organizing this event for a few years, um, where do you hope it goes? I mean, what is, what is the change you well, hope to affect? Gosh, first of all, we hope it, it continues to thrive. We continue to get great speakers and also great experiences. We want to be able to reach out to younger children with experiences. They're not going to sit in an auditorium and go to seminars, but they can play games and participate in interactive uh, activities. Um, and, and I think that really just to keep going and emphasize that it's about safer, not safe Internet, emphasize that it's about personal responsibility as well as, as, well as sane government policies and really try to keep the private sector, the, the government, and the, the consumer talking with each other. I think that's so important. You can't have safety unless all three of those stakeholders are, are actively involved, and, and we really feel strongly that there's personal responsibility, but also we need, we need sane regulations, not over-regulation, but regulations that make sense, as well as industries doing the right thing. Did you, I mean, I'm sure you guys sort of touched on the Children's Online Privacy and Protection Act, and I think that's um, a real sticking point for the industry, well, for smaller, I should say, not necessarily the larger industry, but certainly for many smaller companies and things like that. Um, And did you talk at all, or can you talk about sort of the disconnect between the government regulation? It didn't come up up too much at at Safer Internet Day, but it's a big issue, because what, as as, you know, uh, anybody under 13 has to have verifiable parental consent to give out any personally identifiable information. And that was created, I think, in 1999, back in the old web, to protect children from unscrupulous marketers. But it, it didn't really adapt itself very well to social media, because social media is designed to share personal information. That's the entire purpose of a Facebook account, is to share personal information. Now, it's not the purpose to share it with marketing companies, whether it's Facebook or their sponsors, but it is the purpose to share it with your friends. And so it's created a, a big barrier to entry, mostly for small companies, but even large ones as well. It, it's, it would be very expensive if Facebook or Google decided to go that road, and they may someday do that. Uh, but again, it's, the, it's, it's a law which was extremely well-intentioned, but on the other hand, wound up having unintended consequences. And one of the arguments that I've made, even at a United Nations uh, event on the uh, rights of the child, I've argued that it interferes with the free speech rights of people under 13. And a lot of people say, yeah, kids don't have free speech rights. Well, they do. If you're a 12-year-old LGBT kid and you want to explore your sexuality in a, in a social network environment, technically speaking, you couldn't do that legally without parental permission. And it could turn out that maybe your parents have, uh, you know, have different attitudes or maybe there are religious differences between you and your parents. So we don't want to see eight-year-olds going off blabbing everything on, on, on social media but we do want to make sure there's some uh, some opportunity for younger children to at least get their, their toes into this environment. And so we think that the COPPA needs to be kind of looked at, not necessarily gotten rid of, but looked at and implemented in a way that, that's, that maybe doesn't make the barrier to entry quite so high. I agree. I mean, you know, as the as the co-founder of a site, a video site for children, a COPPA-compliant site, I can tell you it's, yeah. it's parents are more concerned with their identity being stolen when they go through the verification process than they are about mm-hmm. their children sharing information. 
Yeah, very good point, Rebecca, because there are the, that's one of the many online, uh, unintended consequences is that, ironically, to protect your privacy, you actually have to give up your privacy, and you actually have the potential of putting children into a database, if it were hacked, could be devastating far more than simply having the children uh, participating in these programs. So, And the other unintended consequences, as you know, is millions and millions of children, often with parental consent, simply lie to get on right. Facebook or other projects. And so we've essentially created a culture where lying has been sanctioned almost by the government, not, not directly, but indirectly. And I don't know about you, but I try to teach my children not to lie. I mean, I think honesty is a really good thing to have. And I don't want to encourage that. And unfortunately, that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. And that's what parents thats what parents are doing. And, and kids are saying, oh, well, mom says it's okay. So actually, can you, to wrap it up, can you give us, you know, we talk about this week after week, but from your perspective and from connectsafely.orgs, can you give us like your top two or three, I guess, tips and woes, you know, that, that, that you think parents yeah. need to know about? Well, you know, the funny thing is thousands of years before uh, the Internet, somebody created the golden rule. It kind of works. Treat others as you want to be treated. If you're just kind online, that not only makes you a better person, but we have research to show it makes you less of a target. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, if people are mean to you, uh, don't retaliate, but save the evidence and, and get, try to get some help. And we have a ton of tips on that on connectsafely.org. And finally, just behave online as you would on pub in public. Again, something that I think you guys know is obvious, because even if you're sharing it amongst your friends, there's also always a possibility that it'll get out there. And that goes for everything from being mean to somebody to putting out a picture of yourself that would be embarrassing if your grandmother ever got her hands on it to whatever you want. Just be aware of the potential of public exposure. Uh, and if you think of all those things and follow you know, something like the golden rule, regardless of whether you're religious or not, uh, you're probably going to be okay. I mean, and, and then the final one is, by all means, don't let fears keep you from exploring technology. Don't let fears as parents keep you from encouraging your kids to explore technology. The benefits so far outweigh the risks, uh, and, and although it will never be 100% safe, uh, it, it, it's something that, that it's just changing the world in ways that, that we just can't imagine, but I think mostly positive. That's I, I love ending on the positive because I totally agree with you. Um, so thank you so much, Larry, for joining us today. It was a pleasure. And people, we will send people to connectsafely.org. Yep, we'll um, have a link to that on our Facebook page. So yeah, great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Always a pleasure talking to both of you. Thanks, so Thanks. much. Bye. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I love yeah. the golden rule and the grandma rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, it's that old thing of don't ever say anything that you wouldn't want splashed up in Times Square. Exactly. Right. For your grandma to see, your boss to see, anybody. Yeah, we always say, at Kidsby's, we always say, comment as you would like to be commented upon. Mm-hmm. Um, that was great. Good, really good information from them. And connectsafely.org, you know, they have a lot of resources on their site, so I do encourage everybody to go check it out. Yep. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Okay, so we're going to segue right into fun stuff, to Toy Fair. Hey, <laughs> toys. I walked the aisles so that I could tell you what's cool. Um, so for those who don't know, Toy Fair is the annual toy convention. It's held in New York City. Um, it is where every single toy manufacturer from huge, huge companies like Mattel to your teeny tiny mom and pop, you know, making their little ding-dang thing in their wagon in the basement, 
they come to show their wares um, to get bought, to get bought by Target and Walmart and put into stores, but also by all the mom and pop shops around the country. So it's you also have all those retailers there doing the buying. And these actually usually don't come out till closer to like November, December. Yeah, holiday. some yeah. stuff yeah. is summer launch, like a yeah. back to school summer launch, and some stuff is holiday. Um, so you you can take pictures of some things and not others just because packaging isn't settled. And it's really fun. There's tons of, you know, parties and toys everywhere and there's something very joyous even in a giant convention center about being surrounded <laughs> I by mean, toys. Having your job be playing with toys. What could possibly be better yeah, than that? It is I was so great. bummed I missed it this year. I usually go every year. Of course I'm not gonna, you know, kind of whine about being on a beach in Costa Rica and missing it. <laughs> no <but laughs> no one feels bad for you. But I did really miss seeing and playing with all the fun new toys and I know there was some cool stuff. So please tell us. So, you know, we've talked before that there's a big trend towards integrating tech into toys. So a couple years ago, everything had an app. So it didn't really integrate that well. It was just that whatever you're playing with also had an app. Now we're seeing a true integration. So one of the really cool things is Crayola has um, these coloring books called Color Alive. And you color in, you do your thing, and then you put the app on top of the comic book and it brings what you've drawn to life as an animated character in your app and what's really cool with these new versions I mean it's a dragon does it scan it? it's I don't know how it works (laughs) it's magic it's Crayola magic it seriously is magic because you see it and it takes your creature and it's exactly how you drew it it's not some like weirdo thing stored in the app it is your dragon with whatever dots and things stuck on it and it'll take it, and now what you can do with it. So they've had this color alive for about a year, and now the new version, it takes it and it puts it so like you could take a selfie, and it looks like the dragon's on your shoulder. Oh, and wow. I mean, it's really cool, That's and cool. you can save it. And then if you are somewhere else, you can actually continue to play with that figure on your iPad, on your iPod Touch without the coloring book. So if you're in the car and now you just want to play with your dragon or have you show on your, your dragon device. on your device. Wow. It's so cool. And they have an extension of that that's coming out that's not ready yet. That's this animation studio that is stop motion animation like you have never seen it. It comes with this little figure that's totally articulated. You can move all these little limbs and things, but it's a blank canvas. And you start to draw and you move the little figure and it sort of fills in the movements in between. Oh, so instead no way. of having to do every teeny little movement, you can do bigger chunks, And but it knows where you want it to go. It uh, It's mind-blowing to me. Like having, I know my sister teaches media arts, what she has to do to teach stop-motion animation. This is unbelievably well, cool. For kids. For kids. Do you think we can play with them? I would totally play with think, them. Baby? I would totally play with them. <laughs> I, would, I, I love making stop motion stuff. It's totally cool. And then the other side of the spectrum is, I think, a return to good old-fashioned, like, hands-on construction play. You know, obviously, Lego is the leader in this. But away from just Lego is this real maker movement. And so Think Fun launched these maker studio construction sets that are literally just they look like wood they're like little rods and widgets and propellers and that's it and like a base or something and you take an old cracker box or a cereal box or a two liter soda bottle that you cut the top off of and you add a you know wheels and widgets and propellers and whatever and you create these super cool 
creations, basically upcycling and just using this basic kit. It looks like Tinker Toys almost, but it's <laughs> but you attach all that and it's totally open ended. So there's no instruction thing of what something is supposed to look like. You know, they'll have some suggestions. It looks like an IKEA set of instructions. <laughs> it's joke. It even comes like its own little funky tool. Huh. Um, it is so cool. And one of the things they showed me, one one of the things I love about Think Fun in particular is they don't gender categorize their toys. Their toys, the packaging is the packaging. They're for boys and girls. They're not telling you who should do what. Um, and you, the, this open-ended play, if you're a girl and you wanted to create a helicopter, create a helicopter. If you want to create a carriage for Cinderella and bling it out and you got a bunch of sticker jewels in your house, do that. <laughs> it's so great. So I'm a big fan of them. I'm a big fan of them anyway. Like they have all those fun games like Zingo I used to play with my girls and Rush Hour and all those fun things. Um, and then along those lines was also a company called Seedling, which I was not familiar with. I've not heard of no. them. So they're like arts and craftsy company, and they have this beautiful sort of Etsy-type packaging and stuff. They are now – they combined with um, Soleil Moonfry. They're working with her. She created these, like, party in a box, which I'm a total DIY party mom. I like to an extreme that is probably not – good but I was always like I must make the party I cannot just go to a party place so we never did the party place so I would make the fairy birthday party with like the little stations with all the fairy games <laughs> and the whatever um, so she has so what I also liked about this is Toy Fair was full of licensed toys and I mean I, I get it how many versions like Marvel everything you know Star yeah. Wars everything how many Elsa's can there be ah, Frozen everything <sighs> I mean and it doesn't matter which toy company you're looking at everyone's licensed everything and then there's a certain point where which like which I never understood how I, is that I don't know everyone has licensing rights to a yeah, bazillion to different things and it's all the same stuff over and over and it's like yes it's cute to see Spider-Man as like as like a Japanese anime thing and as a but, but like at a certain point it's just there's not a lot of imagination happening it's just becomes about collectible and when we have a frozen Elmo, I know it's going to be done. <laughs> Jump the shark completely. Well, it's funny you say that because Hasbro did have a Mr. Potato Head that you could dress up as different Avengers oh, no. characters with different plug and play. So, not far off. Um, I don't know no. if it'll be. I don't know if it'll be Elmo. It might be Abby Cadabby who does Elsa. But <laughs> they had so Seedling had these like a big box for like a pirate party and they had a winter wonderland party so if you were doing a frozen party instead of buying all the frozen stuff you could actually do this winter wonderland party with the snowflakes and the, you know like all that kind of cool party stuff um without it being so heavily branded now maybe your kid won't go for that. <laughs> maybe they want maybe they want the Elsa plates but you could mix in some of the stuff yeah. without having yeah. to be so generic. No, that's like... awesome because I did a frozen party for my daughter last year and it was like I, I had a big cardboard cutout of of the characters um and I had a balloon of the snowman but then everything else was just snowflake stuff. So it would have right. been so much easier rather than getting it in 70 different places on Amazon to just get a party in a box. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just watched the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary special and so saying in a box is making my mind <laughs> go to really inappropriate places that are not but suitable for great? children. <laughs> that was so awesome. Anyway. Oh, but it's yeah. so funny. I was in the drugstore the other day, just as an aside, and, you know, this dad came in with his kid. They were buying Band-Aids, and he's like, oh, let's get, you know, and he took the generic store brand, and she just stomped her little feet and crossed <laughs> her hands, and she said, I need that Elsa Band-Aids. Those are the ones. And they... 
they, you know, he kind of argued with her for about 20 seconds and went, yeah, yeah. okay, right. every, that's no, it. Okay, not worth fine, arguing. Not worth it. When, when you are that age, I swear to God, the right Band-Aid will make it hurt less. Yes. Yeah. Don't even yeah. argue with, with the kid. <laughs> yeah, my daughter is allergic to Band-Aids as a total sign. <laughs> so, like, I, it was always a nightmare. I didn't care what it said on it. It just caused a rash. But, yeah, I think there is something it's nice. nice to hear about those toys. And, you know, I know a lot of the startups. Like, last year there was, like, Ozobot and Modular mm-hmm. Robotics and those... DIY kinds of things where you're learning and you're putting things together and you're um, motorizing them or giving them certain functionality. It's nice to have some non-techy uh, DIY things. I too. think it is so nice. I think it's so refreshing. I think it travels well. I think it makes for nice party favors, like you know, to have something in this like beautiful cardboard box. I and mean, they have all these great things, like how to make make a make a wizard wand. They have all these great crafts. They have these. Um, my favorite one was photo booth props <gasps> love it so they come totally blank and they're like eyeglasses everything on sticks and mustaches whatever and so the kids could actually create their own props that's and fun. then you set up the photo booth so like that's double fun for a photo booth that you've made your own stuff a little mask whatever it is so yeah I, I don't know I guess that's what I'm drawn to too when I'm at Toy Fair because I was so overwhelmed by the amount of licensed character stuff and all the new like Hasbro and all the new Monopoly themes licensed themes I mean there's a lot of that there's a lot of that I will say um, at Hasbro so we have a lot of My Little Pony fans on our site and that was pretty spectacular (laughs) all the My Little Pony (laughs) stuff I thought like oh those kids these kids are going to love that stuff so they did have a new version of the Game of Life and I love the Game of Life like my kids love it Uh, and they had polled kids to say what careers do you want instead so got rid of all those old weird careers and so now they're like video game designer awesome that's yeah. really cool inventor that's... chef they were just way more that's cool. great and i thought that's perfect like that's the perfect combination yeah. of like yeah. how to update that's how something yeah yep. i don't think like we used to play the game of life and my son Loved Monopoly, but would not play it unless you could play it all the way to the end. Oh. <laughs> that was me. That was me. Halfway, you're like, all right, it's bedtime. You won. Right. We had to go until he had all the money. That was it. <laughs> well, you know, it's so it's the 80th anniversary of Monopoly, and so what Hasbro did. This is a total old school for real. They reissued the original 80 oh, wow. year old version. I need to buy that. Which is quite. Beautiful. Actually. So let's also talk about how many times Soleil Moonfry has reinvented herself. <laughs> we'll have to have her on. We'll have her on we to should. talk That'd about that. Yeah, because yeah. she keeps coming up with new ideas, you know, and and she's a very hands-on mom. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. awesome. No, she definitely this the party in a box is great, despite the <laughs> SNL action. <laughs> despite Amy turning red every uh, time you know, say every it. Time I say it. <laughs> but so those are my those are my like big. That's my, those are the things that really wowed me. So what do this. you think? I mean, is there are there two top things that you think are going to be the holiday hits? Oh, holiday. I think it's so hard to predict holiday at this point. You know, I think, you know, when we polled all those Kids Views Kids. We had an event last year and polled them. Puppy was number one. And it was sort of so refreshing. The kids really just still want a puppy. Um, and then iPad was still number two. Yeah. Like, it's like kids really want wow. their own um Device and it's hard for them to think beyond that if it's something they don't own and their friends own. And so, I don't know. To me, the question is like, what do you put on your iPad? Right. And I think that's when like that Crayola Creator Studio comes in, um, you know, or other really even the Toka Boca apps. You know, that's when it becomes about that kind of stuff and an iTunes gift card, which right. is not the most fun <laughs> gift. Um, I will say something else about Toy Fair that is is very 
overwhelming is the amount of plastic. And I know that sounds mm. so like super PC and whatever, <laughs> but it became overwhelming how much plastic everything is made out of. So I think there's something about that too, about, you know, Spirograph has come back and made a comeback and oh my God, is it just as awesome as ever? And fashion plates. I don't know if you remember fashion plates. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is me walking by the booth. I'm like, fashion plates. <laughs> I, I seriously, he was like, oh, I know. It was like every woman my age is walking by going, fashion plates. <laughs> so fashion plates, you can't be more low tech, right? It is a plastic <laughs> thing with a, I don't know how to even ex- describe it if you don't know it, but the, the inserts are plastic, but they're raised. They're raised so that you can like rub over them with paper, you right. know, on, on top of paper and with and, like a charcoal oh, like an etching yeah yes. and, and like you can pretend that, like I am not crafty or creative at all but I was able to pretend that I was with that and with Spirograph I loved yes, both Spirograph, of those both Love so Spirograph. it's the same company who brought back both and the I mean this fashion plates thing and it's a little travel kit I mean any girl or any boy I don't know like who cares you take I mean it is so simple you're just rubbing it and you're mixing the bottom the top you know you create yeah. these outfits and then you same little colored pencils that you color them in with so that stuff, I don't know. It still is so still appealing. Yeah. It's and just great for travel. Fan- all these things yeah. came in a pouch, yeah. came in a bag. Like, just super cool, easy, endless. F- I think that's what it is, that open-ended play where you're not telling a kid. I think that is sometimes the problem with Lego is your kids build it. And especially the kits, like the Star Wars kits, which are phenomenal. Um, but they're done, and you've spent yeah. seventy. And my son bucks. used to then when he was done, you know, if he took it apart, they all went in their own separate Ziploc bag. Right. There was no mixing the Star no. Wars Millennium right. Falcon with something else. They no. all had their own, so he could rebuild it exactly as it was. No, I mean to when be. you spend three hundred dollars on the Hogwarts set, you don't want to mix that with with anything else. Yeah, you know, no. that's going to be Hogwarts forever. Yeah. They have these really cool creator bins now at Lego, which I really appreciate. And they had ones that actually have every single color Lego, yeah. which is very hard to find. Um, and I thought that was really cool. The other cool thing at Lego, which is totally it has nothing to do with toy. Chris Pratt is the only actor to have three Lego minifigs <gasps> in three different roles. Wow. I thought that was pretty, <laughs> that was a pretty cool <laughs> That thing. is a claim to fame. Because now he has uh, Jurassic World coming out. That's so he cool. has another minifig. So that's Toy Fair. We'll have links yeah. to whatever's available at this point yeah. um, on the show. And then we'll update as we get closer to back to school and holiday. But check out. I'll post, a, I'll post all the pictures because the pictures oh, are great. Oh, you have to. Yeah, I'll you have to. Pictures. I want to see the fashion plate. I know. Fashion plate is so awesome. Yeah, you Maybe know what to get me for Christmas already. <laughs> I know. I'm totally going to get that for you. So, okay. So we're going to segue into our digital dilemma, which is sort of similar. Travel. Which is travel. Yeah. We were talking about yeah. these great travel games. So, Andrew, I think you need to intro this because it came, it was inspired by your it recent just, travel. Exactly. <laughs> it was inspired by my trip back from Costa Rica. Bad weather here uh, in New Jersey. Uh, and it was amazing to me because it was the first time I really watched kids. Like, I was cranky, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was really cranky and mad. And there was this group of kids, and I was watching them, and there was one girl, maybe she was eight or nine, and she just came over to her mom on the plane and said, I need the iPad. You know, so forget reading your iPad if you're a mom, because I was reading my book on my iPad, so out comes the iPad. And literally, she was two rows ahead of me and on the other aisle. She spent almost two hours, I think it was the Crayola Fashion Studio, where you just take a figure... And you can change the dress, you change the shoes, you change the hair. Were you on an airplane with my daughter? (laughs) Fiona would totally do that for two, three, four hours. It was unbelievable watching this. And she was so 
precise as to what she was making and then she was making hearts and she was sitting next to two other girls her age so we kind of thought oh they're going to be rowdy and rambunctious and screaming the whole they were so happy they were happy and then also at the beach at the resort i could not help but count the number of kids under maybe the age of six who literally were sitting in the shade with their own ipad mini i mean i saw twins sitting next to each other each had their own ipad mini playing games and and the thing is I know it's a great way to keep kids entertained and it's a great way to keep your kids out of the sun you know in a very hot climate not get sunburned at high noon and I was thinking you know when is that okay on a on a plane home when everyone's delayed it's great idea to let your kid play with that app for two or three hours but when is it okay and when is it not okay you know yeah. Oh, uh, for me, that's an easy one. I mean, when we're on vacation and we're going to someplace like a beach, the devices don't come with us. They stay in the hotel safe. You know, maybe it's tough with my kids because they have Kindle fires, which they have their books on, and I'm all for laying on the beach and reading. And you could actually read that on the beach. Yeah, and, and but, you know, I don't want them playing games on it, so we tend to even leave those in because my son will start playing games on it no matter what you say. Um, I, I just, I think that's just sad. I really do. I don't know why it's so different to like sit in a beach chair and read a magazine rather than play a game, but it is. I it's, know. It, it just is. Because you're never even looking up. I think there's also that feeling that like you could do that anywhere. And yeah. you're here, yeah. so you should yeah. be doing this instead. Yes. And it's actually funny because sitting on the beach and reading a magazine, it is the only time I actually ever read People magazine. <laughs> so that's kind of like my beach thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to go and do what I normally do somewhere yeah. else. I want to go read a magazine by the pool. We I on vacation. did introduce my children to that concept of the trashy magazine and the beach read. Oh, I can't fly so, without <laughs> I can't fly without people. No, and I the I, plane I, will crash. And they have fully embraced the trashy magazine, probably too much. <laughs> I mean, they're just like, where's the Us Weekly? But I think there is something to be said about even teaching your kids to um, read for pleasure, not just trashy magazines, but like, what is a beach read? Mm-hmm. Like a beach yeah. read is something. It's not your school reading. It's like it's Pretty Little Liars. You know, it's those potato chip books, I call them. Like, just a few at a time are fine, too many, and you feel sick. But, like, <laughs> you have to – and you have to balance them with the better stuff. But there, that's, like, a great thing to teach your kid that, yeah. like, there's a – that this is just as fun. Like, read the book you never get to read right. during the school year because yeah. you're busy doing other stuff. And don't bring your homework on vacation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it just – you know, again, you know, babies cry. We all know babies cry. We've had that conversation. But are you, as a parent, would you ever go tell your kid who's sitting happily on an airplane, occupying themselves with an iPad, oh, enough screen time? Oh, hell no. no. Okay. Oh, my God. No, no, no. I'm sorry. When you're traveling, when you're in an enclosed space with other people, more devices, the better. Whatever is going to keep your kid yeah, quiet. Yeah, we used to travel okay, with the DVD so player. Keep them yeah. in the safe at the beach, but perfect on the plane. Exactly. Okay. Save yeah. them okay. for the... You know, when we used to travel, I remember we used to take these trips down to Florida in our Mustang, which we called the Rustang because it was really old, and it had a hatchback. And my sisters and I, I have two sisters, we would lay our sleeping bags in the hatchback... And that's where we would be all the way down to Florida. So safe. <laughs> we did the same and, thing. Yeah, everybody did. Station wagon. And, oh. and we would play games like Monopoly and Life. And you take those on one car trip and that's it. You can never use them again because yeah. half of the cards and pieces were down the side of the car. <laughs> um, so the advantage of being able to have a device that can entertain your kid for an entire trip to me is magical and you should I don't care what your philosophy is about this stuff at home you need to take advantage of that when you're on the road yeah especially on a plane it was really incredible to see and I I was I said to the mother I cannot believe that she's sitting there doing that and she said oh 
She loves that app. There's a couple of apps that she loves that she'll play for hours. And she said, you know, at home I don't let her, but here she's happy and I'm not saying yeah. a word. My but only thing is you've got to get your kids headphones or earbuds. Oh, my God. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I don't yeah. like. Oh, I, they I, ha- I have almost offered headphones to people on planes <laughs> yeah. when I saw that they were giving their kids a, and a phone without one. And they're great kid-friendly headphones with volume, <laughs> yeah, you know, volume maximum limiters, volume yeah. limiters, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. It's just not nice. Oh, that drives me Luckily, nuts. Luckily, this flight was so messed up that they gave everybody free headphones. <laughs> <laughs> free <Good>. direct TV. <laughs> it was one of those. Yeah, and also, I'm you reading your 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 book on your iPad and the possibility of a child asking for it. Oh my God, you have I, to bring separate devices for everybody. Because let, you know what? I read my entire book on my iPad on the way home. So, and if I didn't have that, I had my um, Instapaper, you know, with all the articles I didn't get to read and had saved to read on the plane. There's no way I would no. part with my iPad. I, I don't share devices with my kids, period. Like ever. I barely so. share the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> You're not one of those ones who sits in first class while your kids are back in coach, are you? Uh, given the option, I would. <laughs> it's never been an totally option. Totally would. <laughs> totally. Well, so that's interesting. I'd be curious to hear what everyone else thinks about that. You know, what yeah. do you do to keep your kids entertained? Or even, you know, fashion plates. I mean, you know, yeah. do you pack a whole bag of stuff like that to keep or your kids occupied? Or do you have fail-proof apps? I think it's always, you know... The share and those are the new books, the new whatever. Like if you have great apps that you know entertain your kids, especially at the younger ages, it's, I'm always interested to hear because I think there's just a lot of Elmo watching when you're at the younger yeah. age. Which which with yeah. those DVDs, they were in our little. We had a giant portable DVD player, weighed like 20 pounds, and we carried that yep. thing on every flight. Well, also we we love JetBlue because even for me as an adult, like I never sit at home and flip channels. So to, to sit there on the plane with my own little TV, I actually flip channels and watch stuff that I normally wouldn't watch, and my kids do too. It's really weird. Everything's different in the airplane. Yeah. Everything. It's like you'll cry at the worst movies. Oh, you oh. will never cry at that movie in a movie theater. But well, the on the airplane, is, you, you know, will. Reading your book on your iPad and tears streaming down your face. <laughs> right. you know, and the, the flight attendant comes and asks if you want water or something, and you're like, oh, I'm fine, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We're going to talk, well, now we've kind of had some recommendations, but we'll talk about our parenting bite of the week, the one thing every parent should know or check out. So who wants to go first? I'm going to go first Andrea? only because mine is related to that. Okay. So. <laughs> Andrea, So clearly in. it's been a travel week for me. And I have been a TripIt user for years, years. Um, I actually have TripIt Pro, which is which is paid. It's a, a little bit more money for the year. I think it's something like $25. Um, but here's why I love this. And Amy had a similar situation with rebooking her family on a flight. TripIt consistently, as I said, we had delays getting home. TripIt consistently was at least a half an hour to an hour ahead of United Airlines in wow. letting me know my flight was delayed. It let me actually go and change my car to the airport to a later time so I wasn't sitting at the airport even longer. United never did that. Uh, when our flight was canceled or rerouted to somewhere else, TripIt came with an with a text and gave me information and said, click here for alternate flights. And it gave me everything in case I wanted to rebook my flight or in case I got stuck in Houston, everything that I needed to get home and had all my information. And I just find it to be so useful. But here's the really key thing. 
Uh, I've been in a middle seat. Everyone who's in a middle seat says, oh, why am I stuck in this middle seat? With TripIt Pro, you can tell it, I'm in a middle seat and I want out of here. <gasps> oh, yeah. It will text you. Does it text you? No, it emails you. It texts you and tells you there's an alert. And in your email, you click it and it says an aisle seat. And you can determine, do you want aisle or window? An aisle seat has just opened up. And if you're fast enough, like I was, you can log in and grab that aisle seat. Seriously, the best thing I've ever seen. Wow. That's so great. Yeah. And they have a Windows phone app, which, you know. Nobody does. <laughs> nobody does. So I love them for that. And they were just so helpful on this trip in getting me notifications, keeping me posted, giving me alternates, figuring out how to get me home, knowing I was traveling. And you can tell it who you're traveling with. Knowing That's I was what I traveling love, too. with my husband, so knowing we needed two seats. So I'm all about TripIt this week. That's great. Amy? All right. Well, despite the fact that Rebecca is overwhelmed with licensed merchandise, mine <laughs> is actually a newly licensed piece of merchandise. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of always, always, always carrying portable chargers for my phone and whatever other devices I have. Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm using my phone all day. And the other day, my son forgot to charge his phone. So I handed him one of my chargers on the way out. It was the only one that was charged. And it was purple. And, you know, it, it looked like a lipstick case. And he was not happy about this. Um, <laughs> so I just happened to see these today. Uh, they're called Mimo Power Tubes. Oh, they're the best. Mm -hmm. And and they just came out with eight Star Wars ones. Yeah. I think it's eight. And Mimo they're bot. oh, they're yeah. so. I bought my dad cute. the R two D two, um, the R two D two phone the, chart, the car one. Yeah, for Hanukkah. and and they've got like little <laughs> character flash drives, yeah. but but the the power tubes are so cute. So that's actually very cool because they started as flash drives. They yeah. started as like oh, God, I think when little two characters. gigabytes was huge, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and all kinds of licensed characters. So the fact that they now have Star Wars yeah. and their battery packs is yeah. very My cool. My daughter and has Lifesavers one. Oh, yeah, that, that's <laughs> a cute one. And the really great thing is it comes with a little pouch to put it in, and it comes with um, the micro USB cable for Windows Phone and Android and the, the um, lightning charger for Apple. So you've got everything you need that's great. right there in the pouch. Yeah, I think ThinkGeek carries all of them, too. Yeah, if you, uh, or you can buy them right for their from their site oh, too. We'll perfect. we'll we'll link to that. Yeah. I think it's at mimoco.com. All right, so I have a um, a shopping version of TripIt. I think called Track If. Oh. So it's a browser extension. You can use it in Chrome. Anytime you see an item, like I am looking for a dress right now um, for a special occasion, and the one I want is ridiculously expensive so I click you click track if a button pops up and it will track the price of that item across different sites so across Nordstrom's across Bloomingdale's across wherever it finds it and it'll alert you when the price drops so it's like a kayak flight alert <laughs> thing Neat. but for shopping that's interesting because there's been a few like I used to use Huckster which did something very very similar and obviously if you bought it through them then you know they got some kind of money right. but that folded so it would be interesting to see um, what makes this persevere. I know. I guess everyone needs to use it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would use it in a heartbeat. Because there I mean, are a couple of sites that I go to now to check the other prices, but they won't track them for me. Right. So it'll send you an email and say the price has dropped on this dress you're looking at? Yep. Very the price cool. has dropped and now it's available on wherever at a discount, um, which is so much better than constantly going back to websites and figure. I mean, there's also sites that can tell you when department stores tend mm -hmm. to mark things down. 
Um, but I don't have time for that. Say, like, the, <laughs> say the name of this again. Track If. Track If. And it's so it's not an app. It's an extension. It's an extension. It might be an app, too. I don't know. But huh. I use it like because I'm always shopping on my laptop. I don't shop right. on my phone. Um, so it's just a little Chrome extension. Oh, it has awesome. a little button, just like a Pinterest so button. So we'll put a cool. link to that. Yep. Cool. So that's my tip of the week. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, Amy. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Andrea. Thank you. And we'll try to stay warm. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash parentingbites. Ask us your questions. You'll see links to all the stuff we talked about. Amy does these awesome recaps. Oh, thank seriously, you. like links to everything imaginable. Yeah. We don't want you to have to search. We'll do it for you. Right. You can find us on iTunes, of course, at Parenting bite subscribe rate us highly um (laughs) (laughs) review us leave a comment share it with your friends and send us your digital dilemmas yeah Yeah. please send us your dilemmas because we love to talk about them and if you are a blogger or have a site of your own we'll link back to you thank you have a great week talk to you next week